Letting Go of the Light In our readings of Parshat Shavua, we are in the stories of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. In the language of the Kabbalah, our forefathers are called the Merkava, literally the chariot. This implies that they form the head aspect of the souls which form the Knesset Yisrael, the souls of Israel. The Sfirot of Chesed, Gvura and Tiferet are attributed to them. Avraham being the vehicle for the Sfirah of Chesed, loving-kindness, Yitzchak being the vehicle for the Sfirah of Gvura, boundaries, and Yaakov being the vehicle for the middle line, which is represented by the Sfirah Tiferet. What this means is that during their lives, through their acts and their intentions, they formed the vessels which could hold the light of God according to the characteristics of these Sfirot. What does that mean for us? Rabbi Ashlag teaches us that all the stories of the Bible should be understood as if they personally apply to ourselves, as if they're happening within ourselves. Thus, the way that Avraham acts, for example, is also the way that we should act. Also, the challenges he faced are potentialities within us. Indeed, there's a well-known saying, Ma'asei avot siman labanim. The actions of our fathers are a sign for the children. The origin of this saying is in the Midrash Rabbah, which tells us, And God said to Abraham, Stay! You are a sign for your children. In this talk, we will be looking at one seemingly small instant in the life of Avraham, which when examined closely, forms for us a great beacon with which to illuminate our spiritual path. One of the recurrent themes we find in Rabbi work is the need to let go of any state of enlightenment or state of receiving the light of God. Instead, turning to the work of loving-kindness. He himself was taught this by his great teacher, the sage Rabbi Yisachar Dov of Bells. Rabbi Ashlag repeatedly taught his Talmidim, his students, who themselves were of an extremely high spiritual level, that even if their receiving of the light of God is for the sake of giving, nevertheless, it is not correct to use the vessels of receiving but one should let go of receiving and turn to the light of giving. It goes without saying that the possibility of using the will to receive oneself alone in spirituality is completely forbidden. But even to use the will to receive for the sake of giving, before all humanity reaches the end of the general tikkun, which is known as the gemah ha-tikkun ha-klali, he taught as being not correct. That is to say, even if a person has already fulfilled his own tikkun, he's completed his own rectification, nevertheless, he needs to let go of the order chokhmah, which is the light that God wants to give us according to the purpose of creation, and instead turn to giving the light of loving-kindness, the order chasadim. This is a lesser light than the order chokhmah, and it is the light we give out when we serve God or our fellow man. Rabbi Ashlag defines this light as the joy of giving. It's the joy of giving unconditionally to God and to our fellow man. However, it is not easy for us to understand why we should give up on the vessels of receiving if our receiving is indeed according to the framework of holiness, 
That is to say, it is only receiving for the sake of giving pleasure to the giver, in this case, the Creator. If a person is receiving the light of God only for the sake of giving pleasure to the Creator, then would it not be correct, even desirable, to fulfill His will and receive from Him, because that way we enable Him to fulfill His purpose in creation? For the answer to this question, we can look at the example set by Avram our father. Avram's virtue is that of chesed, loving-kindness. By tradition, exemplified hospitality. His tent had openings on all four directions, so he could watch out for passers-by and invite them in to wash their dusty feet and relieve their hunger and thirst. He would then tell them about the love of God and his kindness. The story of Avram's hospitality is told briefly in the Tanakh. Avram is resting after his circumcision, the Brit Milah, and God appeared to him. Avram was sitting in the door of his tent when there appeared three men, wayfarers. According to tradition, these men appeared to Avram as idol worshippers from the lowest section of society, actually the lowest of the low. But, asking God to wait, he ran to meet the men, asking them to accept his hospitality. Then he busied himself preparing food and drink for the wayfarers, who it subsequently transpired were, in fact, angels. The question needs to be asked, why did Avraham break off his communication with God in order to tend to the wayfarers? A more plausible scenario could have been asking the wayfarers to wait, or simply realising that he wasn't free to tend to wayfarers when the Divine Presence himself had revealed himself to him. In any case, he had the excuse that he was weak and resting from the circumcision. Instead of this, he asks God to wait, and literally runs to the wayfarers, begging them to stay, and then rushes back to the tent where he runs to slaughter a bull for them, preparing the meal and urging his wife Sarah to hurry with the dough. From an analysis of the exact words of the scripture, we can understand the sequence more clearly and learn for ourselves the correct way to behave. This is what the scripture says, Vayera elav Hashem and God appeared to him. The word Vayera actually implies a revelation of the order Chochmah, the direct light of God, because the term seeing is connected with the Sefirah of Chochmah. That is to say, the scripture is telling us that Avraham received a direct revelation of the light of God. Be'elone Mamre at the Oaks of Mamre. Vuhu Yoshev Petacha Ohel. And Avraham is sitting in the doorway of his tent. The term sitting implies that Avraham is actually involved in preparing a vessel for the light of loving kindness. In the Kabbalah, the word standing implies using the full stature of the ten Svirot, which are necessary for the vessels of receiving, for receiving the full light of God. But the order Hasadim does not require the full complement of the ten Svirot, and therefore the term sitting actually implies a vessel for the light of Hasadim, the light of loving kindness. From this we know that Avam was actually involved in preparing a vessel for giving.
in the heat of the day. The term day in the Kabbalah implies the time when God's light is openly revealed, like in the Gemara Tikkun. Rashi, the great biblical commentator, says, God released the sun from its covering, the light of Chochmah, which no longer needs to be covered by the light of Hasadim. But what does Avraham do? The very next words read, enough, And he lifted up his eyes, And behold, there were three men standing above him. He saw and he ran to meet them from the doorway of his tent and bowed down to the ground. In other words, he uses that desire to do the act of giving unconditionally that he worked on while sitting in his tent to bring it forth in actual practice. Choosing to keep going with his work of giving comfort and hospitality and teaching about God to the pagan wayfarers rather than to carry on receiving even the revelation of the light of God. And then the scripture says, And he said, Oh, please, my Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass on from your servant. The precise meaning of this sentence is divided amongst the sages. Was Abraham talking to God here, or was he actually speaking to the wayfarers? Rashi, the great commentator, offers both scenarios. But I vote for the idea that he was speaking to God. We can certainly understand his words as request to God to please wait whilst he tended to the guests. And certainly, the conversation with God continued once the guests had been tended to, by which time they had revealed themselves as being angels. What do we learn from this behaviour of Avraham's, and how does it help us? Avraham here is giving us the demonstration of the correct way to respond to a spiritual ascent, an enlightenment, or revelation of God's light. By his response of choosing to give rather than to receive, he's putting out two very powerful messages. Firstly, that the choice of living a life of giving is not just a choice made as a default, a choice of connection with God when there is no other way to connect with God, the choice of having faith only when God is hidden from us. But even when God is revealed, he showed that by choosing the path of giving unconditionally, then the choice is truly a free choice. And secondly, Avram demonstrated his care for all humanity in actual practice. He showed that until all of humanity comes into affinity of form, we cannot receive the light of God as is intended in the purpose of creation. Until the Gemahatikuna Klali, the general rectification, when all of the souls come into affinity of form with the Creator, there can be no complete tikkun for any of us. We can get very high indeed, but we need to let it go and turn to our fellows who were also created in the image of God, and we need to help them. Indeed, since we are all in fact one soul, 
we all have to come to the Gemara Tikkun. Rashi tells us that although it later transpired that these men were in fact angels, they initially appeared to Avraham as idol worshippers, the lowest of the low, men who worshipped the dust of the earth. But what did he do? He saw the fact that they were created in the image of God as of utmost importance, and he even broke off receiving a revelation of God in order to not miss an opportunity of providing hospitality to strangers. Even though he was weak from Brit Milah, he ran to meet them. When you think about it, he certainly had every possible excuse not to do hospitality at that time. Yet his desire to help them, to welcome them and teach them about the One, overcame even his desire for the manifestation of God's light. In Robert Ashlag's own life, we actually see a similar scenario. He tells that he and two of his companions reached their own personal Gemaratikon more or less at the same time. But he, having understood the lesson taught him by his teacher, the Sage of Bells, knew that his role was not to look for high spiritual levels, but rather to help the rest of humanity come to their Tikkun. At that time, he started to gather a few pupils around him, and not long afterwards left Poland for Israel. On leaving, his rabbi, the rabbi of Prozov, warned him, You will lose all your spiritual stages if you go to Israel. He said, I'm not looking for spiritual stages. I'm looking for work. And it was in Israel, through the great work he did in bringing the study of the Kabbalah to all of us, that he was able to fulfill his great writing and teaching. His work in the Holy Land was one of superhuman effort. He wrote and taught more than 18 hours a day. He went without sleep and beset by financial difficulties and ostracism from many aspects of the community who did not understand his work. But he became a channel for the great good of all mankind. The message here is relevant for us today. As many of us are drawn to the learning and study of the great light of Kabbalah, we need to remember what we are learning it for. Our purpose in learning has always to be in order to come into affinity of form with the Creator, that is to say, being giving unconditionally, just as He gives unconditionally to us, learning to give more unconditionally to our friends, our neighbours, our partners and our families and all those who accompany us in our journey. Sometimes it may even mean letting go of a high spiritual experience in order to put giving to each other first, because all of us are made in the image of God. Just as Avraham Avinu, Avraham our father did, he set the tone for all of us. Indeed, Masay Avot Siman Labanim, the acts of the fathers are a sign for the children. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Horus School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.